0: Blog Talk Radio. Club. Mack and Mike and making men of them. Tears and fears for my peers, they risen. You think that it is, it is, it's not, it isn't. Wings full of water, my daughter puts beats so banging out. Sheets rocking beats in her teeth, and it's time for hanging out. Gather or rather, from a circle around, I'll out. Loud. Just because brothers or others could never ever rock a crowd. Is it because he's running off with the mouth, or was he really clearly trying to play an out? Out, out, out? no, nope, shut him down. The king with the crown, but all you wanna be is sticky Down
1: To mine. Asked me to say some MC rhyme, so I said this rhyme I'm about to say. The rhyme was mecca, and then it went this way. Recollect a mecca mic check on a windmill skill master's best wearing Godfather hat. It's okay to parlay later for k better. Tell him tougher than leather. Swing another the King thing and I wreck. but just like the white right one, I get no respect. Money stay your weight cause the other n- fake. From Holly to the weekend, know your dumb ass is beacon. C.L. and one D.M.C., so rush it. Big time wait, before hammer got to touch it. Remember the faces, in all types of places. Look my no shoelaces. And I'm the
2: Okay, we are live here in Brooklyn, New York on King Jordan Radio. This is the season premiere. It is September 7, 2017. It is a live show, season six, episode one. We have a huge with a capital H. Tonight on the program. We will discuss the uh the the nurse who basically got arrested for doing her job. We'll get into that. The killing, there was a killing um, is uh, where a hurricane was in Houston, and there's some shadiness with this realtor that uh, we're going to try to crack this case and see what's going on with that. We'll talk about that. Uh, in 1995, there was Jenny Jones, you probably remember her, Uh, She did an episode where a guy uh, said he was attracted to another guy. Long story short, he ended up in prison. He recently got out. We'll discuss um, that matter and see if uh, if it was justice for the victim who got killed. Now, we are bringing in a person that's been here since season one. He's a world-renowned legal analyst. For HLN and CNN, I am so happy to be joined with the one and only Double J, Joey Jackson. Good evening, Joey. How are you? How
3: are you, my king? Everything well?
2: Everything's great. Yes. How was your summer?
3: It it, it was beautiful. I always like to say if I was any better, I'd be you, but not all of us can be that lucky, so I'm going to hang in and do the best (laughs) that I possibly can, but it's a crazy world out here, so... The it's, a great, and, uh, and... it's a crazy world It's it a crazy world that gets crazier by the day But we have great people in it Trying to, uh, you know, do better So we're going to keep doing our part We're going to hope for the best So that's about the extent it Definitely of it. uh, It's nice to be on Nice to be on with you
2: tonight Oh, absolutely And I definitely want to give a shout out To the people in Houston It's uh, such a tragedy uh, You know, it's been on the news Every day for the last couple of weeks And uh, we had it here in New York Uh uh, about seven years ago, I think, uh, um, we had something like that. So uh, uh, you, you know about these things, Joey. Yeah, we less jelly. than that. It
3: was about five. It was Hurricane Sandy. But I don't know what's going That's on with right. the environment now, but it's crazy. Hurricane Irma and Harvey and now Florida. We just have to pray, you know. Natural disasters are tough, but, uh, you know, people are resilient, and they're going to build, and they're going to be stronger. But we certainly pray for them, and we'll work with them to get things better.
2: No question about it. And uh, let's start with this story. Um, they uh, it was caught on video. The nurse was basically doing uh, what she was supposed to do. And uh, here's the sound, so the audience knows what the story is. And we'll get back and we'll get this give this uh, discussion.
4: That video was released by the nurse who says she was detained by police at the hospital where she works. The woman, who also happens to be a former Olympic athlete, says it was an unlawful arrest and that she wants the public to see what happened so it
5: doesn't happen again. Uh, sir, I you're you're I'm I'm kidding. Kidding.
4: Screams and pleas inside a hospital burn unit. A nurse protesting her forceful arrest. The incident pain. caught on camera inside the hospital and on police body cameras. The video, which may have been edited, shows Alex Wubbles, a nurse at the University of Utah Hospital, being confronted by two Salt Lake City police officers. Wubbles says Detective Jeff Payne demanded a blood sample from a truck driver involved in a fiery crash by another car fleeing police in late July. The truck driver was severely burned and unconscious.
0: This is something that you guys agreed to with this hospital.
4: Wubbles says she refused the request. Citing the hospital's policy that blood can't be taken without consent from the patient, a warrant, or if the patient is under arrest, which he was not. That's when Detective Payne takes action. You're making a
0: huge mistake because you're threatening Okay. No, we're done. We're, we're done. You're under arrest. We're going. We're done. written
4: report obtained by the Salt Lake City Tribune, the detective says he needed the blood sample to determine whether the patient had illicit substances in a system at the time of the crash. Detective Payne says he arrested her for interfering with an investigation. According to Wubbles, she was detained for about 20 minutes in a police car outside the hospital before being released.
6: The only job I have as a nurse is to keep my patients safe. A blood draw is not it just gets thrown around there like it's some simple thing, but blood is your blood. That's your property.
5: It was alarming. Um, immediately after seeing the video, they started an internal affairs investigation to look into what happened. Um, we also looked at our policies and procedures to see if maybe there was something that needed to be done.
4: Wobbles is also a two-time Olympic Alpine skier who says the strength she learned from competing is getting her through the ordeal.
6: This was not peaceful. This was not even civil. Um, so at the very least there needs to be some significant discussion about what their duties are to our society.
4: NBC News reached out to Detective Payne for comment.
2: Okay, Joey, you did see the video and uh it looked horrible. I saw you commenting on it on Twitter but what did your uh, take here? on this matter.
3: I mean, it's appalling in a word. It's just appalling and horrifying. You know, you're doing your job, and for doing your job, you're subjected to arrest and intimidation. And it's really problematic when you have officers behaving that way. And so I was just, I mean, I was horrified by it. I couldn't even begin to think about her emotions or her feelings. She stated her basis upon which she wasn't going to you know, allow them to get the blood. They didn't have a warrant. The patient didn't consent. The patient wasn't under arrest. And so you gotta, you know, you got to believe that officers need to be better trained and exercise better judgment. And uh, it's not only the officer who subjected her to arrest, but it's that officer's lieutenant who authorized it. And I think, uh, you know, certainly that needs to be looked into so that instances like this don't happen again. I'm just appalled by what occurred. It should never have happened in a civilized society. And uh, certainly she should uh, pursue any and all civil remedies that she possibly can against them. And that's my view on it. Sample.
2: Yeah, we, uh, you mentioned uh, civil on the HLN, and uh, well, let me ask you: Is there any uh, link to a criminal case? Uh, can one pre-prosecuted? Uh, uh, what's your opinion on that?
3: I don't see a criminal prosecution here. I think police are afforded significant leeway, even when they act improperly or irresponsibly. And so technically, yes, if you touch someone and it's an offensive touching and it's not with their consent and you subject them to fear and fright and potential injury because you're dragging them and pulling them, you know, is it prosecutable technically under the law? Yes. Do I see an investigation resulting in criminal charges for police? The answer is no. Uh, What I do see here is administrative discipline. You know, of course, that that officer has been fired from his paramedic job that he held part time. And I think the police should revisit the issue of whether they should be looking at suspending him, too. And uh, I also think that there'll be a, a civil lawsuit, or there should be one, and there should be accountability there. And finally, I think there should be an alteration of policies, not only with the hospital, but with police. And so how they're trained to act. And if they don't know the law, they, you know, you. It's very difficult to enforce the law, as the officer thought he was doing, if you don't know it. So they have to be better equipped to deal with instances like this and not be acting like this. So uh, I don't see a criminal prosecution, but I certainly see discipline for the officer. And I see uh, civil liability by way of money damages from the the police department.
2: Right. But either way, uh, Sybil, that video uh, would be very helpful for – for that uh, plaintiff, I would I would think, right?
3: It is because it tells the story. And, of course, this happened in July, but and, you know, no one knew, and they heard, but when the video was released, you know, re- videos are relatable. Juries can relate to videos. And, you know, one of the things about civil lawsuits is that it subjects people to punitive damages, and that in English means that juries punish people for behavior like this. And when you see something like this, it's horrifying. Think about whether that happened to, you know, your mother, whether it happened to your sister, whether it happened to your daughter. I think people could say, hey, heck no. We have to take a stand against it. And so I think the video speaks volumes, and that's why she'll prevail
2: if she did sue. So. No question about it. Okay, about 20, 23 years ago, all the hot TV shows were out. Terrible incident happened on the Jenny Jones show back in '95. Here is the story, and then we'll talk. Watch it
0: now
7: to meet Donna and Scott. Now, Donna has been helping Scott pursue his secret crush on John. John. Jenny Jones was one of many daytime talk show hosts in the 90s that had viewers tuning in to watch ordinary people reveal their deepest, darkest secrets. But one of those revelations would turn deadly.
0: Man, I sister. I think I just got him in. Okay, calm down, okay? Okay, why did you do that? In
7: 1995, The Jenny Jones Show taped an episode on secret admirers. 32-year-old Scott Amador revealed he had a crush on an acquaintance, 24-year-old Jonathan Schmidt. The show brought the two together to see if there was a love connection.
0: Well, Guess mm-hmm. what it's Scott that has the crush on you. You right? lied to me.
7: The audience erupted in excitement, and a surprised Schmidt, while caught off guard, seemed to find humor in the moment. Did you have any idea that he liked you this much?
2: Um, no. 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 <laughs> Can you tell us what
0: your status is? I mean, are you involved with anybody or?
2: Um, no, but I am uh, definitely a heterosexual, I guess. You could say.
6: <laughs>
7: but the laughter faded three days later.
8: Last Thursday, 32-year-old Scott Amador was killed after receiving two shotgun blasts to the chest. The Alleged perpetrator of this vicious crime was an acquaintance of his, 24-year-old Jonathan Schmitz.
7: Schmitz called 911 to turn himself in after he showed up at Amador's home and shot him to death. Schmitz claimed he was humiliated by having been brought on national TV to hear Amador profess affection for him. The feelings, he said, were not mutual.
0: He said, he's gay, but I'm not. He said, he wouldn't leave me
3: alone, that's why I did it. He said, I went on the Jenny Jones show. I didn't know it
2: was a guy, that's why I killed him.
7: But the trial also called into question the ethics of tabloid talk shows, which were in their prime. Critics claimed their so-called deceptive practices and sensationalized style were to blame for this tragedy.
1: The Jenny Jones Show ambushed this defendant with humiliation and in retaliation this defendant ambushed the victim with a shotgun. This is a renegade business. These are irresponsible people. These are people beholden, answerable to no one.
7: The show never aired the Amador schmidt episode, and Jenny Jones appealed to the public not to place blame on anyone but the shooter. As much as we
8: all regret what happened, the fact is that this tragedy is about the actions of one individual.
7: But Scott Amador's family took the show to task, suing for negligence. Like the show, the trial also gripped viewers, who tuned in to watch the family's attorney take aim at the host on the stand in an intense exchange.
1: You used him as a source of entertainment, having no idea what his emotions would be for other people. Didn't you?
7: No, that's not the way I see it. I don't use people
5: on the show. That's my understanding you have reached a verdict. Is that correct? Yes, we have, Your Honor. Was the defendant's negligence a proximate cause of injuries or damage to the plaintiff? How do you answer, yes or no? Yes.
7: The Jenny Jones Show was ordered to pay the Amador family $25 million, but the decision was overturned by the Court of Appeals. Jonathan Schmitz was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. After serving just more than 20 years behind bars, he was granted parole. Schmitz walked out of prison this week. The Jenny Jones Show ran until 2003 for well over a thousand episodes. But its most famous episode was one that never made it to air. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Mara Montalbano.
2: Joey Jackson, what do you make of this story? Do you side with the Jenny Jones show, or do you side with the uh, release, and do you think there was justice for the victim of uh, the show?
3: Well, it's a wonderful question, and there's really a couple of questions there in one. The first is, in terms of the show, You know listen shows are what they are and you know is it something that they were exploiting uh, an individual it appeared so Uh, you know at the same time that they were exploiting an individual and perhaps having a show for viewership I think people need to be responsible for their own conduct I mean there's a lot of things that happen on a daily basis that I may not like that you may not like we don't go out and kill people and act irresponsibly because of it so I think ultimately uh, as horrific as it may be, uh, to exploit people on national TV, people have a choice. You can participate, you don't have to, in terms of being on the show. You can watch the show, you don't have to watch the show. You can believe the show, you don't have to believe the content of the show, and so I don't ever think it's appropriate or responsible to hold a show or the media or my neighbor or my brother or my mother or my wife or you know anybody else responsible for what I do, and so to that extent. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to really place blame on them. Uh, in terms of the criminality involved here, he was convicted, he paid his time. And of course, in the tenets of criminal law, it's punishment, deterrence, rehabilitation. You punish someone for what they do. He was punished, he did 22 years. You deter someone. I don't think anybody would want to do something give somebody a 25 year sentence so they don't do it and in terms of rehabilitation you would only hope that the person who engaged in this killing was rehabilitated because they're part of society and so you know is there ever justice done when someone dies I mean the answer is no a family's lost someone tragically the the that person will never come home again but you know look there's shortcomings to our justice system but at the end of the day the justice system does the best it can under tragic circumstances and I think that's what
2: happened here. Right. But if you are the family of the victim, if it if it have not happened to you personally, I guess you don't know what that mother or father is going through. And uh, maybe just putting the person that was responsible for taking her son away, uh, that gives her uh, something to think about, you know? I, I
3: agree with that. I think that victims endure a lot. They endure a lot of tragedy. They endure a lot of stress, uh, of anxiety, of scorn, of depression. It has to be a horrific thing to have someone taken, taken from you. And I think the criminal justice system did what it could to resolve it because he was put in jail for 22 years. And I think that also the family took the show to a town. And of course, as we heard, it was a civil verdict rendered against the show that was later overturned the case settled and resolved for a lot less than $25 million. But, you know, this is our criminal justice system, and when things happen that are wrong, whether it be civilly in terms of compensating people or criminally in terms of putting people in jail, the system does the best it can, and you're always sorry, and you're, you really it breaks your heart and tears your heart out to hear about these things. But, you know, ultimately the system resolves it in the most fairest, just, appropriate
2: way that it could and I think that's what happened here no question okay let's get into this next story Uh, it was a uh, an aspiring pastor who was accused of murder uh, but uh, sort of uh, admits it Um, it was a dream he said but he is saying that cough syrup is what basically causes him to kill somebody? I mean, I've taken cough syrup, and I never, yes. never even went in that direction. What do you make of that thank, story? Thank God. <laughs> I, right. I think, <laughs> you,
3: I think it's a very creative defense. And what, why do you, you know, the cough syrup? Is because what that does whenever you're charged with murder, murder is what we call an act of intention, right? You have to establish that the person acted intentionally. And anything or any evidence you could introduce that goes to establish that there was no intent and it happened in a way that you had no idea and then it was cloth syrup and, oh, my God, I just woke up and she was dead and she was fed. That, in fancy lawyer terms, negates intent, meaning it establishes that the was no intent. So, as a result of that, that's why that defense is something that's very unique. Now, what I think the defense, the best hope that they have is to establish that, you know, listen, he did black out, and as a result of that, he may have been responsible for the murder, but he did not have the requisite mind and mental state as an in intending to do it. So, I believe that in this case, motivation is going to be important, meaning they're going to look at the relationship. Did they have a rocky relationship? Was there a life insurance policy? Uh, did he want a divorce? Did he have a girlfriend? Was there a reason he wanted her dead? If so, that defense falls on its face. If not, and he otherwise loved her, cared for her, supported her, cherished her, and there's no evidence to suggest that he wanted her dead, then you might have to say, well, hey, there may be something to the fact that the coster may have done it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what occurs here.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, is it possible that they could find him in a lesser count uh, with this uh, cough syrup defense? I
3: You hit the nail right on the head, because that's what they're attempting to do, is to establish that it's something less than murder. And that's important, because you get a lot less time
2: if it's negligent
3: homicide as opposed to it was murder. So that's the reason they're
0: using the defense.
2: Absolutely, and uh, it's wild. Did you get a chance to hear the 911 call? And if so, what did you think of it?
3: I listened to all of it, the whole, the whole of it, and I thought even though they changed, the, they altered the 911 tape in terms of the voices and everything else, but, I mean, it's a full admission. Clearly it establishes that he says he did it, he woke up and she was stabbed, he believes he did it, he says why he did it, so that's very clear evidence as to who it was, but it doesn't establish why he may have done it. And that's where motives play such a critical role. What was that relationship? Did he want her dead? If so, why? And I think detectives will look into that.
2: Yeah, it, it should be a, a very interesting trial. We'll should definitely uh, see how that uh, goes. Uh, so we have a story that said, uh, was Hurricane Harvey used as a cover-up and a disappearance of a Houston realtor. Uh, here's a quick uh, snippet of that. We'll the search for a missing site.
8: Texas woman has been complicated by the ravages of Hurricane Harvey. Cops were already investigating the disappearance of a realtor and mother of two. Then the storm hit. Now, as Les Trent reports, her family is even more desperate to learn her fate.
1: This mom mysteriously vanished as the state of Texas was bracing for Hurricane Harvey. Now her loved one's fear she may have met with foul play. Do you think that somebody may have used this hurricane as cover for a crime? Yeah, I mean that's
5: definitely played out in my head
1: that that could be the scenario. Crystal McDowell is a successful realtor based in the Houston area.
6: The Gulf Coast bracing for what officials are calling a life-threatening storm.
1: As the hurricane bore down Thursday night, the 38-year-old divorcee wrote on Facebook, stay safe out there. The next morning, security cameras at her boyfriend's home caught her as she left, reportedly heading to her ex-husband's house to pick up their two kids. Happy
0: birthday
1: dear Her year. plan was to drive inland to Dallas and wait out the storm.
5: She sent me a text message about five or ten minutes later saying, you know, road conditions are good.
1: But Crystal's ex-husband, Stephen McDowell, reportedly told police she never showed up at his house. Her boyfriend says he grew concerned when she didn't answer his texts. I started to get worried because the storm was coming in. I wanted to make sure she was okay. Relatives reported her missing on Saturday, just as Hurricane Harvey was wreaking havoc across the state. Her heartbroken uncle, Jeff Walters, raised her since she was 11 when she lost her parents. Our main
8: objective is just to get
1: Crystal back home. Crystal's Mercedes was found Tuesday in a flooded motel parking lot.
8: The cops were here busting in doors to find out where this lady is.
1: Cops do not believe Crystal lost her life due to Hurricane Harvey. She is not a victim of the storm. We, we've, we feel very, very
3: confident that she's not a victim of this storm. I think that um, there was probably some
6: animosity between boyfriends and husbands, and the husband probably might think the boyfriend had something to do with it, the boyfriend might think the husband had something to do with it, which is exactly what we're
1: faced with right now. Now her loved ones are thinking the unspeakable. Was Hurricane Harvey used as a smokescreen to cover up a terrible crime?
8: Crystal's boyfriend tells us that he's innocent, that he's been helping police with the investigation. He also says he's never met Crystal's ex-husband and has no animosity toward him.
2: Okay, Joey, obviously a very tragic story in the midst of a, a hurricane uh, what do you make of the story?
3: I don't, you know, I don't buy the fact that uh, the person used the hurricane as a means to cover up the murder. I think the person got lucky as a result uh you know, and again, we don't know. She's missing, you know, certainly we hope and we pray that she'll be okay. But it's by all indications she's not around, and it appears to be that she met with foul play. And so, but I don't buy the fact that, you know, there was this, hur- just m- murderers and criminals are just not that thoughtful, nor that patient. You're not going to say, oh, well, you know, Hurricane Irma is coming soon, so I'm going to just, you know, take somebody and cause their disappearance, and the hurricane is going to cover everything up. I just think, you know, if, in the event that she did meet with play, the person saw an opportunity, took it, and used it in order to, do something horrific to her, but I just think that it's unconnected uh, to the fact that there was Hurricane Harvey, and I just feel tragically bad for the family. I know that the boyfriend has been very cooperative with police. Uh, I know that apparently the the police say that the husband has been as well, and we just have to pray that things end up being well, but at this point, it doesn't look good
2: at all. From what you uh, know of the story, do you think it leans towards a uh, a husband?
3: you know, it's always difficult to say and I'm always reluctant to to cast aspersions and accusations, but you know, you always you always look to the person and you want to see who would have a motivation. Who wants to see the person dead? Why do they want to see the person dead? What was the nature of their relationship? Do they have a basis for wanting them dead? Were they mistreating them? You know, is there any type of life insurance policy? Is there any kind of dispute regarding the children? Uh, was there trouble in paradise? How bad was the trouble? What is the past relationship? Was there any domestic violence? But I just don't think you could limit the issue to the husband or boyfriend. I think you have to cast a wider net and look on her social media at her text messages and her friendships, acquaintances, work, environment, other fellow employees and colleagues and see if anybody – you know, might have wanted her dead, or any family members might have wanted her dead. And so I think that the police would be well advised, and uh, not that they need any advice from me, but I think that they should not limit their search in that regard. I think they should cast a wider net and see who would be motivated to do something terrible for this wonderful woman.
2: Yeah, no question about it. But you don't think in any way that they use the Hurricane Harvey to set up their plot, whoever did this uh, terrible thing. No, I just don't
3: think that people are that smart and you're not going to wait for a hurricane and you're not that patient and you don't say, well, Mm -hmm. the hurricane will hit two days after I kidnap her or three days or four days. I just don't buy that connection at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would think that in uh, 9-11 people, there would have been a lot of people supposedly doing that if that was a motive for people to do that. I didn't hear of uh really any uh, back in yeah. 9-11. But, yeah, well, which 9-11 by the way is ain't. sort of,
3: yeah, it's coming up, I know, on Monday. But 9-11 was sort of sudden. It took everyone by surprise. The hurricane we knew would hit, but I just think it's so.
2: Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very sad situation. Okay, I think I we just got married with us. Yeah. Totally agree. Let's uh, bring in Mary to the conversation. She's on season six, episode one, live with Joey Jackson. Good evening, Mary. How are you?
6: Hey, hello, everyone. Hi, hi, Jordan. Good evening.
4: Mary, good the evening. Great.
6: Yes, <laughs> I'm in Virginia tonight. So
3: wonderful. I hope you're staying safe and warm and healthy and dry and everything else.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so 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 sorry for everyone now in Florida and um, yeah, you know, so bad. South Carolina it's so bad. Georgia. Yeah. yeah it's so, bad. what I wanted to um just kind of talk about a little bit and get your opinion is, you know, with the Jenny Jones case and Hoff syrup case, it seems to me that we're seeing um a change to where there's just very little account personal accountability. We seem to want to blame it on something else. You know, it was the coffee okay. that made me do it. It was the Jenny Jones that made me do it. Ultimately, the person decides whether they're going to commit murder or not, that's I feel. And we need to start holding people accountable for their actions. And I, I I just don't understand why this um, guy, I forgot his name, the one that killed Amador, was not tried for first degree murder and only tried for second degree murder because he planned to do it. It, Was it because it was a crime of passion on the the next day because he was still mad? What do you say, Joey? Joey? Hello?
2: Yes, very. Yeah.
0: I don't know. If you want. I, I'm
3: here. So, so,
0: so Mary, okay, a couple things. Go.
3: The first thing is, is I, I think you make exceptional points, and I think we are in a day and age where, you know, there's not an acceptance of accountability and responsibility for what you do. Now, you know, in, in terms of that, let's talk about one thing at a time. And right. the first thing is the whole issue of the cough medicine. Now, maybe it very well might have been that it was the cough medicine that did it, or maybe that's just some horrific, kind of a ridiculous excuse. I think it's early to tell because we have to find out what motivations were involved in terms of did he want to do troubling And it's very unique for someone to blame, among, of, of all things, cough medicine. And if you were listening, I mean, I agree with Jordan. And you know, the king was talking about, hey, I've taken cough medicine, and I've never had such a reaction. <laughs> I think a lot of people on you know, on the planet would be saying, you know, look, I took cough medicine. Is it going to allow me to kill someone? So I do agree, Mary, that the whole issue of individual responsibility is is very significant. Uh, and that goes not only with the two cases that you're citing, but with so many other cases. There's always...
0: Right.
3: ...excuses. Let's say it was ...in large measure. Obviously, people do that because no one wants to spend, a you know... A significant time in jail or any time in jail so they'll invent stories uh, and it's like the person who cried wolf maybe there are those instances where you really there is some other X factor but oftentimes it was you and you know but our, our system is designed where if you do take that responsibility you know you are going to jail and so people need to have a scapegoat someone to blame but it's a it's a it's a very good point that you make
6: Okay, thank you. And what about the other one, Jenny Jones? Was that? Would you consider that a crime of passion? I, I
3: I, really do. I do agree that I think that it's not so much passion. I think that the the issue, and you raise a good point, you know, you when you pre-plan and prepare and you knock on someone's door and you kill them, that seems to me to be pretty, pretty premeditated to me. I mean, a crime of passion yeah. is more – crime of passion is more sudden it's more arbitrary it's more you get into an argument you're heated there's a dispute there's some issue there's some you know it's not that you go and say hey you humiliated me and therefore i'm going to kill you and so i certainly agree that that's problematic and that we are in a society where there's very little accountability and people don't want to accept accountability because of the consequences but you know what sometimes at the end of the day you did it and you just need to and that's just how it goes. Right. so I do agree that these are great points you made.
6: Okay. Well, thank you for um, your um, answers and expertise. And good to talk to you. And thanks again, Jordan, for having this forum that we can talk to people like Joey and all the other great as well. So we love good you, night. We,
2: we love you today We love Mary. you guys. Thank you so much. You're the best, Mary. Thank you for everything you do, uh, all your contributions that have came through and were you. Much appreciated. You're awesome. Okay, let's go out to uh, Huntington Beach, California, and let's bring in Sarah to the conversation on a Thursday night. She's live uh, with uh, Joey Jackson. Good evening, Sarah. How are you? Hi, King. Congratulations
8: on season six. Um, I'm so happy for you and hello joey what a great opening for the sixth season um just wondering about the the nurse that was arrested and or they tried to arrest her and everything joey how long generally does it take to get a warrant in that circumstance
3: well, first of all, let me say I'm so delighted to be speaking to you, Sarah. You are a true human being, a patriot, and just
8: a wonderful and
3: kind person. So thank you for calling. Oh,
8: us. thank you. Thank you, Joey.
3: Of course. Just the facts and nothing but the facts. Now, um, on the issue of a wine, generally it takes a matter of hours, so it's not that Uh, You know Onerous Of a thing to do It really is not That problematic It's not that Strenuous It's not that Big of an issue You get a warrant Within hours You come back You hand it in And you're good So why they didn't Do that in this case Boggles my mind It's not like You have to wait Days and weeks
8: Right But I think that Now from what I've heard I think that What happened was This man This unconscious man Crashed into someone that was you know on the road and that person died and that person happened to be an off-duty police officer that's the story i was reading i don't know how true it is because i didn't i really didn't fact check um and i'm not making excuses for what happened at the hospital it, it was inconceivable and unimaginable that that could happen I would understand the urgency of getting a blood alcohol level on this person. Um, that being said, it must be state by state. All these, you know, laws that every all the police departments have to follow. Um, I'm just wondering if this will, will propel the legislature in Utah to do something. To, um, you know, when there's a fatality. From a car accident, and someone is evidently drunk or apparently drunk, I think they should be able to get a blood sample because hours later, what's going to happen? But the alcohol level is going to lessen, right?
3: Well, well, so, let's talk about let, let's talk about one thing at a time. Not to interrupt you, but I want to okay. make sure that we resolve everything that you say. First, in okay. terms of who the person might have been who died, whether they're an off-duty cop, whether they're a judge. You know, whether they're a lawyer, a teacher, a doctor, or just a regular citizen, I just don't. You know, everybody's life is valuable, and so I don't. I don't think that we can say, well, it was an off-duty cop, there, therefore there was an urgency. It was a teacher, no, therefore there and, wasn't and an I, urgency. and I Wait, I have you know. to tell you,
8: I agree, I agree. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking that the officers had more emotion than than they would normally have. But I, yes. I agree with yes. you. Everyone's life is everyone's life is valuable
3: in the same, yes. It's gotta be. Now, so I get that the police officer was upset or concerned, but there has to be rules. Now, in terms of you believing that there should be an instance where maybe the legislature should do something, the legislature did do something. They created the rules. And the rules say that a you need consent of the patient, or b you need a warrant, or c the person has to be under arrest. None of those things applied, and so therefore the police officer was in the wrong. So that's problematic. The other oh, so they
8: ne- they never arrested the the unconscious man.
3: He was not under arrest. No.
8: Oh, oh well, that's a detail that that's left out of a lot of uh, stories.
3: Yeah. So the, the unconscious man who they wanted the blood of was not under arrest. And so I just think that the legislature did create rules they were not followed. And I think if it propels anybody, Sarah, who it should propel is the police to train officers to be responsible, to be decent, and not to manhandle nurses who are doing their job. And so this is a story that really bothers me a lot. I'm not casting aspersions on every police officer. Of course not. My dad was one. I respect what they do. But I think the officer was out of line and there needs to be accountability for his behavior.
8: Oh, absolutely, I agree. Uh, now tell me, um, can can a police officer arrest an unconscious person?
3: Yes yes, yes you can.
0: Oh,
3: okay. The, the issue is you don't have to know you're under arrest. So oh. you don't have to there has to you know, it's sort of like ignorance of the law is no excuse. If the person doesn't need to know they're under arrest. The officer just needs to affect an arrest by virtue of depriving that person of their liberty and freedom of movement. And so, technically, technically, yes, you can arrest the person who's unconscious. Yes.
8: Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. I didn't know that. All right. Well, I'll let everybody else have a turn uh, talking to you and and Jordan. And thank you very much. And um, be safe, everyone out there. Between all the horrible things that are going around, oh, it's it's just very frightening. Anyway, um, be safe,
2: Sarah. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Sarah, for uh, checking in. Really appreciate it. And, uh, Joey, uh, first of all, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. You were on in the uh, very first season five years ago. And uh, you are on the sixth <laughs> season. I remember when I uh, messaged you there and uh, you got back to me in less than an hour. You were my first guest in this venture, and uh, when you agreed to do it, I was like a a very happy person, like a celebrity I was uh, getting to do, and uh, I appreciate all the years uh, that you uh, give this show credibility, and uh, I just, yeah, really want to give you a major shout out and thank you so much for giving the show so much credibility.
3: Well, listen, it's my pleasure, and I say that you give your own show credibility by the fine work that you do. You have great topics. You're always prepared. You have wonderful people who call in. You have people who care about the show, who, you know, you you promote on social media and do so many things. And I think that the show has grown, that I, th- I think your talent has grown, and whatever small, tiny part I've played in that, I'm only too glad to have done that. So God Giant bless part. you and keep up the good work. Thank you. Yes, Thank I you. appreciate
2: that. So can the fans catch you tomorrow with, on the story with Erica? And if not, when can they catch you next in the next couple of days?
3: Well, it may be tomorrow between the 1 to 3. And the only reason I say maybe, because whether I'm on depends in large measure to the hurricane. So I'm praying you can catch me, because that will mean that there's no hurricane news, which will mean that the people are safe and sound in Florida. So, you know, uh, I, we pray for them. The weather's been horrific. I know there's been these national disasters with Harvey and Irma and Jose and Katya. And so let's just hope that people are safe and secure and sound and that we, these tragedies stop happening with these floods. So I'll be on one to three tomorrow in the event that the hurricane is tame. If it's not tame, I will not be on. So that's kind of how it goes it's in the news business.
2: Yeah, and uh, is the one Eastern Time and the two Eastern, they're two separate shows, or they a repeat
3: it's, of the first? Well, no, Erica does a one to three. Erica Hill, amazing show on the story. She does the one to three. Great show. Uh, you know, on Eastern Eastern Standard Time. Uh, of course, Ashley does her show. Ashley Banfield does her show uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, 8 p.m., although her is show true. is not on Friday, right, Eastern Time her show generally is from Monday through Thursday. So they're her, they're wonderful talents and I'm glad to be on with them uh, when I can be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You actually took the reins, I believe for a week, right? Uh, about a month yeah. ago.
3: Yeah. I had the pleasure of filling in for her for two weeks, actually. Uh, in July into August. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun to do that. And, you know, a lot of receptive and good people and, uh, you know, I was glad to uh, have the ability to fill in for Ashley, who's one of a kind and has a great show. So, you know, we'll uh, yes. next time she's on vacation, we'll look forward to doing it again. But, um, you know, her show is amazing, and she has a lot of great crime stories, and I only hope that uh, it gets even more successful than it is now.
2: Yes, and uh, your kid, you posted a picture on your, uh, uh, I think it was Facebook I guess he came back from college. <laughs>
3: yes. He was, he actually worked <laughs> with me all summer and we just, uh, we just brought him back to school. but so he'll, he just got back a couple of weeks ago.
2: He seems like a, uh, very, uh, good kid. And, uh, looks like you're doing a great job with him, with, uh, with everything. He's Thank doing. you. Thank I you. He's a him. good kid.
3: He's working hard. He's trying hard and that's the best we can do. But, uh, So far, so good, King.
2: That's right. If you work hard, there's really nothing that can stop you, I guess, right? Amen to that. Amen. Thank you so much, Joey. We'll speak to you soon. Have a great weekend and uh, all the best.
3: God bless, my good man. Keep up the wonderful work. Glad to be on with you. Have a great night, okay? Take care. Thank you so much.
2: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was the wonderful, great Joey Jackson. I'll catch a uh, one Eastern tomorrow between one and three Eastern on uh, HLN, and I'll tell you I uh, was envisioning this season six to start off with Joey, and uh, it turned out to be a wonderful show. Uh, you could listen to it back, obviously, and uh, Joey is an amazing, an amazing guest, and I meant everything I said. So. Uh, with that in mind, also we have uh, a debut of Vinny Politan next Thursday right here, 9:30 Eastern Standard Time. Vinny Politan, uh, who you see it on Court TV, HLN, and C&N, uh I guess is uh, doing 11 Alive, and that's on the internet. So uh, check that out next week. Uh, it should be uh, a lot of fun, and. Uh, well, let's leave you with uh, a, uh, something I found very interesting with Jimmy Fallon. He talks a little bit about the uh, hurricane and uh, how he did a donation, and that's followed by a uh, song from a prior, uh singing something really nice. Take a listen to this, and then uh, we'll let you go.
5: So. Last week we saw the devastating effects of Hurricane Harvey on the state of Texas. But in the face of this tragedy, we saw good. We saw communities banding together, neighbors helping neighbors, strangers helping strangers, so many heroes, people like Mattress Mac, who opened up his stores and showrooms for those who needed shelter, a group of people who formed a human chain to save a man from a flooded SUV, and J.J. Watt from the Houston Texans, who has raised over $18 million to provide food, water, and supplies to the victims. And I'm proud to say that our show, The Tonight Show, is donating $1 million to J.J.'s fund. Thank you, Jacob. One of the most inspiring clips I saw last week was a video of two singers, Victoria White and Marquise Taylor, who visited a storm shelter and formed a spontaneous gospel choir to sing to hurricane evacuees. And it's my honor to introduce them to you tonight. Here to sing a song dedicated to all the heroes in Houston who did whatever they could to help. Please welcome, along with the roots, Victoria White, Marquise Taylor and their Houston Gospel Choir.
1: Sometimes in our lives we all have pain we all have sorrow but if we are wise we know that there's always tomorrow
0: Lead on me, when you're not strong, I'll be your friend.
2: one I forgot to give my shout outs to Madeline, uh Victoria, Pager, Sharon, uh and uh, uh Mary and Sarah who checked in. So thank you so much. We'll leave you with one other tribute song to Hurricane Harvey, and that is Mariah Carey. And after we hear from Mariah Carey, uh uh, in our song um, we'll, uh, we'll let you go So thank you Also Phyllis is on that list too Thank you
8: For more than four days We've seen the flooded streets of Houston Neighborhood by neighborhood
7: In southeast Texas Widespread flooding Inundating thousands
1: Near and along the coast A local judge issuing an urgent warning Quote Get out or die
0: You are. There's an answer if you reach into a soul. Wake through the water, if somebody who gave me a ride on the boat. It's on you. It's break my heart.